Welcome to the Alberta Prosperity Project podcast. If you're ready to listen, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Thursday, May 19th, 2022. Welcome to episode two of the Alberta Prosperity Project podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, today, joined with Tanner up in Lloyd today. Tanner, how's it going? As you know, I am a reluctant Leafs fan. And so last weekend, like I think every other Leafs fan, I watched in sadness as our beloved Leafs lost yet another elimination game for what is, I think, the fifth time in five years. Of course, I'm talking about the first round in the playoffs. And so seeing all of these excited Oilers fans and Flames fans and watching them gear up for what is going to be obviously a phenomenal battle of Alberta, and yet knowing that my Leafs are once again out of the playoffs. Um, it's been a tough couple couple days, but we're pushing through it. We're getting through it, you know, taking it one day at a time. Absolutely. I uh, Yeah, I think it's what, been 18 years, I think, since the Leafs have last actually made it past uh, the first round in the playoffs. So, That's correct. It has um, been 18 years, but yeah. I want, Hunter, on the record, I want this on the record. I will never, ever stop believing in the Leafs. And just like every other Leafs fan, if it takes even a thousand years for us to win a series a first round series i will wait that long and i will not doubt you will will forever believe so it's on the record it's on the record you can have it there i mean i don't know i uh yeah, heard a story a couple of days ago. I know a guy here in Red Deer that uh, has a rental property and one of the guys that was coming out to take a look and a possible renter of it had noticed that uh, the person renting it had this Toronto Maple Leafs license plate and uh, sort of, you know, made a statement that, oh yeah, hey, I'm a Leafs fan kind of thing. And I thought, you know, oh, he was just trying to get a better deal on the monthly rate kind of thing. But then I thought about it a little bit more and I thought, no, person doesn't pretend to be a Leafs fan. I mean, when you <laughs> see exactly what... Uh, what has happened it's unbelievable but like you That's mentioned true. um you know hey we've got now the battle of alberta going on and uh, us here at the alberta prosperity project have been working for a battle for alberta that should be used on a billboard not that's bad. right that's not right bad and at all. so uh so that's what we're we're all about and what we're trying to do uh, through this podcast as well as the events that we've been going to and all of our messaging out there is just to try to get people involved and so um tanner if you don't mind i'm just gonna quiz you a little bit on what the weekend was like for the events this past weekend it was obviously drayton valley and grand prairie and white court uh, but how did you find the crowd there as a speaker oh the events were excellent uh, Drayton Valley is full of some of the most humble and hardworking and kindest people that I've ever met. The event there was so much fun, very Albertan. And then, of course, we traveled up to, as you mentioned, Grand Prairie. And I had never been there before, but the landscape up north is stunning. It's just beautiful. There are rolling hills and these rugged valleys. And of course, when you look out from Grand Prairie, you can you can see for miles and miles and miles. The horizon is everlasting seems like you can you know you can, it just never ends it's, it's a stunning horizon and of course the event was phenomenal as well the people were excellent uh they were a lot of fun they were so energized and and encouraged we were all encouraged to meet them there and as always the speakers were were excellent and the same is true in white court also a phenomenal crowd uh also you know a, a phenomenal group of speakers and and excellent reception it was great you know other than losing game seven on saturday it was a, it was a great weekend 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, I think, fantastic. Obviously, we're going to be taking off this weekend here for the long weekend and won't be having live events this weekend. But obviously, um, coming up, we're in the Calgary area as well, which we'll talk more about at the end of the episode ah, here. And you, sorry, uh, sorry to jump in, but speaking of Calgary, will mm-hmm. you be purchasing a couple of front row seat tickets for an Oilers-Flames game? Yeah, just pull, you know, it, just pull I, it out of the savings. That's right. You know, I thought about it and uh, I actually went to Ticketmaster. I was really contemplating going to one or two of them. And uh, immediately I saw the uh, comma and immediately then I said, okay, it's not just a decimal, it's actually a comma. So I'm not uh, I'm not in a position already to uh, spend that much. I could get a couple TVs, I think, for yeah, the those price are, of And those seat. are for nosebleeds too, weren't they? Yes. No, that's exactly right. They, uh, yeah, there was a lot more zeros than I was expecting behind those not ticket bad. prices. But, I know, I'm, uh, jealous. I'm jealous of guys who can go. That'll oh, be a lot of fun. I know, it will, uh, it'll be... A, in, in just a crazy crowd i'm sure both ways i said uh i don't know i'm you know same as you i wouldn't really per se say that i'm cheering more for the oilers or for the flames um you do know you have a as, uh, do you have a guess on who's gonna win yeah i mean we're a nonpartisan group obviously so i mean i i shouldn't oh, be talking too too you're much taking on this the now. easy way out um but but i would say um you know, just uh, I lived in Calgary for a little bit with school, but I still think the Oilers might have what it takes to get it in Game Seven. That's oh, the uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say flame, I'm going to say Flames in Seven. I think well, it's there you a go. Tight We've series, heard it. We've tight heard it here. series. Flames in yes. Seven. Absolutely. Well, people have heard it here, um, and and hopefully they'll be hearing a little bit more about some uh, topics, obviously with Alberta uh, coming up in a hot topic, and that is going to be now the point of this episode today. For those that didn't perhaps see the title, I know I'm guilty of that sometimes going through podcasts, but it's going to be on something that's been in the courts recently. If I mean very recently, the Alberta court has recently ruled this to be unconstitutional, and now obviously going to the Supreme Court. Um, but that is Bill C-69, and obviously uh, a bill dealing a little bit with pipelines and with actually all energy projects and Tanner you'll be talking a little bit more about that uh, but I guess just to start off with you are as for people that don't know an industrial organization and regulatory economist so from an economics perspective do you mind just giving a super brief overview of Bill C-69 before we get into it? Oh yeah that's a good question so in essence this is a very brief overview the government said the regulatory system in Canada is broken and they mm-hmm. said it's opaque and the public can't look into what's happening in the regulatory process. They're Mm. uninformed, so to say. In response, the government decided to introduce Bill C-69. And quite simply, it works like this. They brought in what's known as an impact assessments agency. What that impact assessments agency does is it performs, as the name mentions, a variety of assessments on federal energy projects or energy projects that deal in federal territory. So Mm. Suppose that you're constructing a pipeline. That's always the example we use. It's not the only example, but it's the one we use because it's simple and everyone knows it. If you're building a pipeline, this impact assessments agency is going to first look at the environmental, health, social, uh, economic, et cetera, et cetera, impacts or consequences of that project. And then they provide a report for ministers in government. And then the ministers in government and federal government can decide what to do from there. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that uh, is obviously, like you said, just a brief overview. But from what I'm um, telling here, and perhaps you can maybe correct me before we go into a scenario, um, which will maybe help myself and and the listeners understand a little bit better. But um, it seems to be quite vague, at least at the very start. Like, I mean, when you're mentioning these health and economic and social benefits, is there um, some more detail that the bill gives later on about what exactly that would be? Or is it kind of just this vague uh, notion of kind of can change, I guess, by the 
breath of a wind kind of thing, if you want to call it that. No, that, that's a good point. That's precisely the problem with the bill is that it's so, so vague. It's a very dense bill. There's a lot in there. Um, it talks, you know, again, about, about these assessments and what they pertain to and so on, but it's a very vague bill. It's very loose, so to say, and you can make it mean a lot of different things. Sure. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And I guess, uh, just for a way that we can kind of explain a little bit more about, um, bill C69 and hopefully help people understand some of the actual major implications of it, because, you know, to some people it might not seem as big as it, it actually is. Um, We'll pretend now just a, a brief little scenario, if you don't mind humoring me a little bit, um, that uh, there's this handsome, you know, young individual named Hunter. Um, <laughs> you know, no, no, not quite. Uh, but Hunter decides he wanted to buy tickets to a Flames and Oilers game. Um, and so after that, he's left with $100 in his pocket. That's all he's got left to oh, his name. No, no, um, that's rolling in the money. In I, these days. That's not exactly bad. right. That's not exactly too bad. Right. And, uh, and so he said, okay, perfect. I've got my ticket purchased and now I've got a hundred dollars left. What do I want to do with it? Uh, and he decides that he wants to invest it now. He wants to help that money grow so that hopefully in about 15 years, he'll be able to afford another battle of Alberta <laughs> ticket, um, for the playoffs. And so as such, um, he goes to talk to a financial advisor and they get going through some of these stocks and, and, and just different uh, equities that he can be in. And there's a mention of, uh, energy company say it's based in Calgary just as a brief example and obviously this is a fictitious story uh, but still the implications are, are 100% there and they get talking on this Bill C-69 and so um, Hunter steps back a little bit and says well I'm kind of at the moment I'm unsure I don't know if I like this uncertainty that one day a project might be approved the next it might not be that might hurt the stock price all these things um, so hopefully you can help answer those questions of whether those fears are legitimate or not um so i guess just you know first question here is a economist as we mentioned you were before um, what are some of the consequences of bill c69 from an investment perspective or from a perspective of people looking to invest in canada right so the most pressing consequence and the most damning consequence of bill c69 is that it introduces uncertainty into the energy markets in canada mm -hmm. and that's a problem because you know Suppose, again, let's go back to pipelines. Suppose you want to construct a pipeline. Well, you and I know that a pipeline is extremely costly. It costs a lot of money. And it's, you know, it's this massive infrastructure project that has to be completed. But of mm -hmm. course, if you build a pipeline, you also know that that pipeline has to ship oil. If it doesn't ship oil, it's not making you money. You see, if the pipeline doesn't ship oil, you can't sell it or, or for scrap. You can't ship water down that pipeline. You can't uh, liquefy gold and ship molten metal down that pipeline. It has to be shipped or excuse me, oil has to be shipped through that pipeline. And if it's not shipped through that pipeline, then you're losing out on your investment. But again, that investment costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time to build. It requires a lot of capital and it also requires a lot of certainty because as an investor, if you're uncertain, that said pipeline is going to be shipping oil even one or two or three or five years down the line, well, who would invest? Because who right. can guarantee that you would recover that massive, what we call sunk cost? And if you can't recover right. that sunk cost, then again, why would you invest? So that's, that's the issue is that this bill introduces so much uncertainty into the market that it scares investors away. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, you get that uncertainty. I'm not going to be able to buy another Flames and Oilers ticket in uh, 15 years after <laughs> no, my $100 right. exactly. hopefully exactly. has some big returns. Um, and so I guess that piece makes sense. And I think that one other piece uh, that's important for the listeners to know as well is that, you know, obviously we can talk about companies and, and people losing money, but at the end of the day, it's actually Albertans that are losing their jobs at historic rates. Abs- um, oh, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, people uh, are, well, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly right. This bill harms Albertans. It harms Canadians, right. actually. It harms, it harms everyone because it introduces so much uncertainty into the market. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I guess, um, you know, if you want to call it devil's advocate for the moment, I guess that um, I'm curious on a couple things as well. And perhaps maybe it's the one thing that um, maybe isn't touched on as much. But I think the whole point of this bill, um, at least the way that the current government has proposed it to be uh, is that it's here to protect the environment and so if that is truly the case would it not be that we should be doing this at all costs or that if the law is to protect the environment the benefits would always outweigh the costs of maybe some uncertainty within the market or is that not necessarily the truth no so first firstly you're correct that that the purpose of the impact assessments agency or bill c69 is to assess again environmental health social etc cetera, etc cetera, effects right. but it particularly pertains to fostering sustainability. So the impact assessments agency basically looks at the project, the energy project, and it says, does this energy project foster sustainability or does it not? And then it, you know, provides its, its analysis. Now to your second question, um, which was talking about the environment and saying, well, do the benefits not outweigh the costs? Do the benefits of saving the environment not outweigh the, the uh, costs of, you know, not building a pipeline? The answer is it might, but it also might not. That's the question. If the benefits to the environment do outweigh the costs that the pipeline um, imposes, well, the, and and then obviously the pipeline shouldn't be constructed. If, on the other hand, the benefits that the pipeline generates outweighs the costs to the environment, well, then we'd be foolish not to construct the pipeline. So the answer is it might, but it might not. And the problem with Bill C-69 is that it really gives no way of discovering which one is true. Is it that the pipeline is is generating benefits that are greater than the costs to the environment? Or is it the opposite? And the answer is, who knows? Because this bill is so partisan, so to say. Right. Yeah. And speaking on the, the partisanship of this bill, um, to begin with, from what I can tell, and I mean, I will be linking the bill as well in our podcast notes, if anyone wants to take a look at it, if they're having trouble sleeping one night and you need something to uh, aid in your uh, to get to bed, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, is just one thing I notice is there's often this talk of ministers, the ministers of environment and the minister going to the minister. Is that um, something with the impact assessment agency that it's referring to, or is that actually a government minister uh, that actually also plays a role in this bill? Right. No, that's a government minister. So the impact assessments agency performs Mm -hmm. their analysis, and then they submit those findings to the minister. And so actually, when you read section E, of the Mm -hmm. summary of that bill. It says that it authorizes the minister, and I'm quoting here, to refer an impact assessment of a designated project to a a review panel if he or she considers it in the public interest to do so. And that public interest is an important word. And it also Mm -hmm. later later on in the bill um, discusses how it provides that um, a minister, this bill provides that a minister may set conditions or mitigation measures and so on that have have to be implemented by the proponent of a designated project. So what I'm saying is the impact assessments agency does their assessment. They hand it over to the minister and the minister says, well, unless you want to build this pipeline, Mr. Pipeline Company, you have to first employ all of these mitigation measures and then we can discuss it. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. No, and that makes total sense. So, I mean, if that's, uh, you know, the case, I know myself with my hundred dollars that I really don't want to lose all of, um, especially in an uncertain market, I'm, I'm deciding at the moment, I'll maybe stray away from, um, Canadian markets until this gets settled down a little bit, but I guess, um, Obviously, the point of the podcast is to try to educate the listeners on what an alternative might look like. And I mean, we don't want to mm-hmm. be obviously all uh, down and sad. Obviously, it started with the Toronto Maple Leafs and mm-hmm. uh, now talking about all these bills, especially Bill C-69, the topic of today's podcast. But um, with the Alberta Prosperity Project, obviously, we're talking about what it might look like in an Alberta where we're no longer constrained to some of these bills um, and constrained to the you know, federal system that we're currently subject to. Um, so I guess just a few questions that perhaps you could answer on behalf of the Alberta Prosperity Project um, would be kind of just the first brief question, I guess, would the APP even support or um, request that the politician, whoever that may be, that, um, you know, when we're looking at who's going to protect their interests, like we talked about in the first episode, obviously we're nonpartisan, but um, who would be the regulatory body, I guess, if you want to call it that, in Alberta where you still need some uh person or group of people looking over these pipeline projects? Right. That's a good question. So firstly, you have to become independent because Bill C-69, as we as we now know with all the courts challenging it and so on, is exactly that. It's a court issue. And so you and I also know that it seems like, not seems like it will, the Alberta political scene is going to become a bit more tumultuous uh, in the coming year. Mm-hmm. But the point remains is that what is a politician, any politician still in Alberta who is hooked by to the hip to confederation going to do differently than what has already been tried to get rid of bill c69 this is now a court case it's a supreme court case and so if you want to guarantee and eliminate it you have to gain independence now to your question about about an independent regulatory body so Mm -hmm. firstly you need one you're right you do there are certain projects like pipelines where an independent regulator is required and so the app is supporting an independent regulatory body now, the difference between this body and what has been previously submitted and, and um, used in Canada is predominantly the purpose and the, of, the, of the regulatory body and the restrictions that are placed upon it. So, mm-hmm. firstly, the purpose of an Alberta's independent regulatory system would be one thing. Its only objective would be to maximize economic efficiency. Full stop. Right. That's the right. whole, that's the whole of it. It's just to maximize economic efficiency and economic efficiency is honestly just when a resource is utilized in the area that society values most. That's what economic efficiency is. So if we have a resource, whatever it might be, and we're, and we're utilizing it and we're using it where society values it most, then it's economically efficient. And the reason for that is because if you were given the option to move that resource into a different enterprise, you wouldn't do it because you don't value it as much. And so you keep it in this one area. Now, economic efficiency and total surplus for our purposes are the same thing. If I say maximize economic efficiency or maximize total surplus, it's the same thing. I'm talking about the same thing. But then the question is, how do you do that? So what you do simply is you appoint a regulatory board that is composed of X number of board members. Maybe it's seven, maybe it's nine whatever it is. And they possess expertise in the field of regulatory economics. That makes sense. So Mm -hmm. you might have professors, you might have, or, you know, it might be a a variety of professors and experts in the field who have worked in the regulatory system for decades, who knows? But the point is they are experts in the field of regulatory economics. Mm -hmm. You have that board serve for a set term, 
And the most important thing is that politicians cannot have any power or they cannot possess any power to appoint or replace board members within the regulatory agency. So if we right. were working so far, that works so far? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just uh, one quick question that I have from that, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure that you were going to get into this anyways to begin with, but moving away from my first scenario of, you know, Hunter having that $100 left over, mm-hmm. um, and I guess now suppose that I'm a company, whether I'm an international company or a Alberta-based company, um, what exactly, like if I'm going to these you know, this independent regulatory body, and I want to build a pipeline or build a road or build something, um, how am I going to know what this independent body would need if there's not standards set out? Like, I mean, I know you talked about economic efficiency, but what exactly would that board want to see from me as a company in order for me to get approved for it, I guess, if you Ah, want to call it that. That's a good question. But it firstly speaks to uh, even almost a more important point, which is that not only politicians, but business also has to be excluded from the regulatory process because everyone's self-interested. Mm-hmm. And so if a business right. thinks that they can do something which will generate a higher profit than otherwise would be possible, then they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And that includes infiltrating a regulatory board to compose uh, desirable outcomes for whatever their project might be. Now, the question right. is, how do you know what to submit and what would you be submitting? That's also a good question. So we said that the only purpose of this board is to maximize economic efficiency. That's true. The way we measure economic efficiency or total surplus is by using dollars. It Price just signals value and dollars are the language, so to say, that we use to signal that value. And so what you as a company would have to do is find, or excuse me, create all of these reports and bring in experts and so on and prove that the benefits that are generated by your project, again, say it's a pipeline, are greater than the costs that are incurred. In the same way, you would have opposition bring before the regulatory board papers and so on that they believe prove that the costs of the pipeline are greater than the benefits. Because if the costs are indeed greater, then the pipeline shouldn't be built because total surplus decreases. If, on the other hand, the benefits of the pipeline are greater than the costs, then the pipeline should be constructed because the uh, total surplus would increase. And so we'd be a fool or we'd be fools not to to build that pipeline. But the point is, is that you would know as a company, even before uh, your case went to the regulatory board, what the outcome was going to be. You would know if the benefits of your project are greater than the costs, or you would know if the costs are greater than the benefits. And so you'd be guaranteed and you would know exactly what the outcome of of said project was going to be. Right. Yeah, no, and that makes total sense. And I guess uh, provides almost, I guess you could call it that certainty for not only businesses and for investors, but for Albertans jobs and for, um, you know, our future energy products that we're going to be projects that we're going to be undertaking. So I guess just uh, a, f- a final question on this then would be, um, you know, obviously now we've seen with Bill C-69 uh, replace some old environmental acts and that kind of thing. Um, but how exactly would the Alberta Prosperity Project propose um, a future government to prevent putting in a government regulatory in you know body in the future, similar to what is going on right now with Bill C-69. Is there a way to yeah. prevent that from happening yeah, or is so, that yeah. just going to... Yeah, so you yeah. Mean, how do you prevent government from infiltrating the system? Yeah, or yeah. businesses too, I or guess. Or businesses, right. Yeah, no, that's a good yeah. question. So it all goes back to that economic efficiency argument. If you enshrine that the regulatory body has to rule on the grounds of economic efficiency, then as long as the um, regulators basically, quote unquote, know what they're doing, which they would... right then it's almost, if not impossible, to infiltrate it and sway things in your decision. Because if the regulator doesn't 
rule to maximize total surplus. If they mm-hmm. rule on some other partisan or uh, self-interested grounds, then the company or the opposition, whoever is in the right, can take that case to court and say, listen, Mr. or Mrs. Judge, Mm-hmm. This regulatory board is not doing what it's supposed to do. It is not fulfilling its objective, which is to rule on economic uh, economic efficiency grounds. It's ruling on some other grounds, say self-interest, or it's ruling on partisan measures. And so what it does is it, it, it introduces a check and balance on the regulatory system. It ensures that economic efficiency is always ruled on, because if it's not, and if there are one or two board members that indeed have infiltrated the regulatory board or are ruling clearly in a way that is not maximizing economic efficiency, then it warrants their removal from their position because they're not doing what they're, what they've set out to do. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. And so it's, yeah, it's this check and balance on the power of the regulator. Right. And something that I think uh, hasn't really been done before. And so we're obviously creating this new um, system in which that is possible. And I think that we'd have and see the greatest prosperity that uh, Alberta has seen in its, in its past, present and its future um so something very oh, yeah, very exciting totally. right um, yeah but yeah so exciting yeah with that said though that is about all the time that we've got for today's podcast topic um so i so appreciate you talking on those points there tanner and hope that you guys enjoyed the episode today just a few more you know i guess uh, housekeeping items if you want to call them that uh, we've got a few things that uh we have available for you so we have social media with facebook instagram twitter tiktok uh, all of the above we're also on rumble as well you can find us at alberta prosperity project again that's at alberta prosperity project and if you give us a like and a follow there you'll see all of our upcoming events and like i mentioned earlier we're going to be in airdrie calgary and spruce view on the last weekend in may and we've got a lot of other great events planned for the near future here as well so be sure to check those out also, if you want to consider volunteering, getting involved, uh, perhaps even donating to the project or becoming a member, which we so, so appreciate and helps keep the podcast going, it helps keep us going to events and educating Albertans all across the province, you can do that at our website. That is www.albertaprosperityproject.com. Again, go to our website. That is www.albertaprosperityproject.com. And I'll be sure to link a few articles, one from Tanner as well, and you know the bill itself in the show notes below. So you can check that out as well and i'll also link the website so it's not as hard to find with that said it was so great talking to you there tanner everyone have a great long weekend make sure to stay safe out there and we will talk to you next week tanner great talking to you again today you bet you too have a good weekend Bye.